Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Footy Prime, the podcast presents Today in Footy History. 1857, Sheffield FC is founded in Yorkshire, England and is now recognised by FIFA as the oldest existing club still playing football in the world. 1969, Brazilian and world soccer icon Pelé scores his 1,000th goal. 2018, Portuguese superstar Cristiano Ronaldo records his 50th career hat-trick in Real Madrid's 6-3 win over Girona. And 1995, Canadian superstar Craig Forrest is awarded the Vidal Sassoon Silky Smooth Keeper Cup for his version of the Canadian Prairie Town Hockey Mallet. But soon after, lost the title to David Seaman's ponytail. This has been another episode of Today in Footy History. <laughs> Today in Footy History, I love that. That's that's great. Craig, how was that that moment? Was it a moment that you, you'll will live long in the memory of the memory? Oh, I wish I could have a mullet back. How would was you it, rock it? How would you rock like, your hair right now if you could? How would I rock it? The, yeah. the mullet? No, like just if you, if you just had some beautiful hair right now, what would you? How would what would your style be? Um, it's a great a question. Bit, a little bit wonger. I'd go with wongers, just messy. Mm-hmm. Like you just got off a moped sort of look. Yeah, <laughs> in, the in, Asian in creamer, wind, wind tunnel, <laughs> Asian like, creamer. <laughs> like he slept on his forehead the whole night. Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> he has got a lovely head of hair, though, hasn't he? That is a good description. Slept on his forehead. It's not yeah. something I actually think about, Jimmy. It just because no. I know it's just not happening. He'd do a transplant from his pubes. Have a full on fro. <laughs> well, I got to be honest. When my hair was long there, he was getting real close to me. And I thought he was going to ask, like, hey, do you think we could take a trip to Turkey together when the, you know, when we're allowed to travel again and maybe we, we do a transplant? I get some of that. My, yeah. my pandemic hair, that would have been a good look for you. My pandemic ponytail. That'd be a good Craig Forrest look at. Yeah, I could. 55. I could take some years, Dunny. You could afford a lot there. Yeah. I think B's got more gray hair though. I That's do, all right. Yeah. Just for men to sort that out. <laughs> do you know Jimmy must have had a. Jimmy must have had a, a mullet at some point though. Jimmy, surely. Oh yeah, yeah. I had some beauty haircuts. Mm-hmm. Did you have a Euro mullet when you came back to TFC? Yeah, I had everything. Period. I had everything. Yeah. You name you, it. I in had. fact, that that video I sent you guys of. Myself interviewing Jimmy um, back in 2007, it must have been. You were rocking the Euro mullet then, weren't you? Now I mm. think of it. Yeah. Frosted tips. 
Yeah. Yep. And frosted tits when you came here. It was so fucking cold. <laughs> <laughs> I think all, I'm, the, I'm, all, ah! all the product I put in my hair, I think that's why it fell out. <laughs> what were you it using? It could be the 53. Yeah. It could be that you played in the Premier League. It's also that. Professional athlete stress. Oh, he's playing behind Jimmy. <laughs> Look at him. He looks a million bucks. No that wonder. Great. He had no pressure. No. <laughs> I just blamed you. Fuck, you let that in. Can't yeah. believe that. He would be a goalkeeper. Fucking <laughs> seriously. You, you know what Did I Did anyone thinking? have sorry, B, go ahead. I was just gonna on teammates point. Uh Jimmy, you never mentioned who is your favorite center back teammate. You, you, on the national team, I guess in general. But who who did you like being on your right hand side? Uh, probably Des Walker. Okay, Ooh. no kidding. One he of the great un- defenders. He was unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. Didn't have to worry about anything. Was he Forrest his whole career, or did he move later in his career? No, he was at Wednesday as well. That's right. Yeah, of course he was. Mm. Yeah, he was a guy that growing up in the eighties. I mean, he was considered the greatest defender in English football by a mile. Oh. Wasn't even close. The guy was unbelievable. You never seen a guy read the play like this. It was nuts. So good. And then his then his then his understudy was coming was uh, Michael Dawson. Ooh, wow. Was Stuart Stuart Pierce there at the time as well? Uh, No, Pierce just left. He went to City. Hmm. And then, uh, yeah, it was Desi, Desi, Michael Dawson. Did you come in for Stuart Pierce? Uh, no, it was Pierce and Alan Rogers. Alan oh. Rogers was playing left back, and then he went up to left midfield, and then I jumped in at left back. That's some legacy of defenders, eh? Jesus. Yeah, it was crazy. great players. Yeah. Did Dez take you under his wing a little bit defensively? I mean, who was your main yeah, Desi, inspiration here? Yeah, Desi was huge, like huge in the dressing room and and I mean, obviously, you guys know the, the type of player he was, and he's an absolute legend. And just the way he played, the way he spoke, he just made he made the game so easy for you. It was crazy. He was the first black England captain, wasn't he? I think. Hmm. I think he was. I think he captained England a few times. Yeah, he did captain him. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. We should get him on the show, actually. He'd be brilliant. Funny. Is funny, he funny man? Oh yeah, slide in his DMs, buddy. Send him a text. Yeah, but he was so graceful too, wasn't he? I mean, he was a great defender. You know, he had he could mix it up, but he was graceful on the field the way he moved. Yeah, that's what kind of stood in, apart from a lot of uh, defenders back in those days. Yeah, mm. he played in seven cup finals for Forest at Wembley. They won five of them. Wow! Wow! Big game player. Yeah, no kidding. Who was your favorite defender, Craig? Like club or country? Like who's the guy that you relied on the most? Oh, you don't have to say it, Forrest. <laughs> you don't have to say it. That was not why I said it. I promise Leave you. Leave it alone. <laughs> no, no way it was Jimmy. Not a chance. <laughs> Come it, on. Let's hear it. It was Rio Ferdinand. What? Rio? Come on, Rio. Oh. You could stick your Des Walker up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, put, let's put our center backs on the table. Yeah. I got to be Imagine honest. Rio though. and Des Walker for England. Now, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Oh, that would be special. I don't think Rio's as fond of Craig as Craig is of Rio because I've been trying to get him on here for about a year. He hasn't been on yet. Yeah. 
It was Rio a long was time ago, though. That was young Rio, wasn't it? That was prior to Rio going to uh, to Leeds, was it not? Mm. Yep. That was prior to money, you're saying. Money mm. and perspective. He was yep. the first like crazy money mm-hmm. central defender transfer, I think, wasn't he? They built yeah. a brand new stand at Upton Park with his money. Brand new, really? I, I think you hurt Craig's feelings. You're just finding out now that Rio Ferdinand isn't his friend. <laughs> Are you okay? You okay, Craig? <laughs> Maybe if we be, if you pitch the interviewers, not about Craig, but about pitching his five brand. And his, his clothing line and his, his his magazine, then maybe then maybe then he'll buy it. Oh, I tried it all. Yeah. yeah. I even told him that we had, you know, Ronaldo on the show. Still nothing. Unavailable that day. Too bad. Pesci, uh, Paul Pesci Salido is going on a cruise with uh, Ian Wright next week, I think. Is he really? Yeah. That'd be a good game to play. We should play. Who would you want to go on a cruise with? Because you're mm-hmm. like, you're stuck. On an ocean liner. Who would your yeah. bunkie be? Like, I'm not bunking with Jimmy on a fucking cruise, I'll tell you that much. No not chance. Have all of us here. You're right. Have all of us here. <laughs> Jimmy's last, last on the line there. In you guys would have the time of your life rumor you know, with me. In a yeah. weird way, I got to be honest, I think... Don't I would, close your eyes. Uh, rather, than, rather than go with Jimmy Teabag Brennan, I think I would rather room with Wonger, shockingly enough. But I also think it's... He it's, just farts all night. Oh yeah. yeah, that's right. You, you big farter, Ed buddies. Big fan of the farter. I was plus, thinking... plus you would think he was dead when he sleeps on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in life. Do we all feel a little funnier since having Trent McLennan on the show? Oh, he was brilliant. He was great. Yeah. If you haven't heard it yet, make sure you download Tuesday's Footy Prime. Funny it was, man. Uh, it was. It was excellent. I think I said his name wrong, by the way. Trent McClellan. Clint McClellan. No, McClellan. Isn't it? Lynn? No, McClellan. It's Lynn? Yeah, yeah. McClellan. McClellan, yeah. McClellan. Double, yep, double C, double L. McClellan. McClellan. Yep, Trent McClellan. <laughs> McClellan. Get Jimmy's mom to say it. McClellan. Hey, Mc- it's easier to say that way. See, if you say with our accent, it's tricky. But it's impossible to get wrong if you say it right. McClellan. McClellan, you're right there. He wants to come in and do his, do his. <laughs> it's Irish, by the way, McClellan. But I like the uh, comparisons <laughs> between uh, stand-up comedy and, and football, though. The, there were some clear comparisons there, right? Mm-hmm. Similarities. Pitch invasions being one. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's excellent. He's welcome back. We have some good guests, eh? I've noticed this, that the guests we pick, um, all the ones that say yes, <laughs> they, they, they generally fit in really well in our kind of bullshit stupidity hmm. they could replace us which is totally the opposite of guests that end up on other shows like mainstream shows rarely yeah. do you think oh that guest should replace the host we should get amy walsh on a on a wednesday for banter because she's got some banter yeah we oh, got we a little got serious with her but we that's need so to funny with her because she's funny i just she's sent her an email this morning and she said i would love to come on interview so we're gonna get her on because she's in the uh hall of fame for Canadian soccer and be great to have a chat about her journey. And she just responded affirmative. So uh, she's excited to come back on. Well, let's book her pretty soon then. Uh, she was on One Soccer last night, so she's going places in the media world beyond just Quebec. So uh, we better get it where we can. By the way, the, right, the correct answer to who would you bunk it with in a cruise is clearly it's JC, right? Clearly. We could trust JC. 
it keep it really clear. I got a feeling I keep it really clean. The room. I think you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got this aqua velva smell that's like permanent. So he's a clean guy. He does mm. smell nice, doesn't he? Mm. He's got a chest yeah. wig as well. Yeah. Mm. Jimmy cool smells American? good when Isn't he dresses up. Merkin. Merkin's where you go with the with the chest or the the pubic area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think with JC it'd be fun too because every night you'd feel like you were when the lights went off you were with somebody else because you just keep doing these voices. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's why my wife married me because she likes the variety is the spice of life. To pretend I think to be someone Christine. different every night. Do you ever come in and pretend you're Mister T? Well, I pity the fool <laughs> who doesn't pity do the fool, me. baby. That's horrible. Is he still with us? He is right. He is. So. Now, he was very sick, though, I think, for a long time. He had some kidney disease, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He had a, a liver breakdown or a kidney breakdown. One of those Was it liver, was it? Yeah. But he's one of those guys who's really dedicated and committed to the Mohawk, too. Like yeah. that, you know, Jimmy and his, and his mullet and Craig wanting a mullet. Mr. T really went the whole, what is it? The whole yard or whatever, the oh, whole nine yards. Nine yards. Yeah, yeah, like he's been rocking that since... Rocky three and before that when he yeah. was a bodyguard. Hey, That's same a, with same with Flavor Flav. He's still walking around with a clock, isn't he? Dude, oh, I yeah. love the Flavor Flav. <laughs> I think the Mohawk's the right time. way to go. I think the Mohawk, if you could do anything with your hair, personally, I think it would be the Mohawk. I had a Mohawk for about um three minutes once. During COVID, the my my daughter I let her cut my hair. Disaster. So I let her shave my head. And she decided to shave a mohawk for like three or four minutes. And, <laughs> you uh, came in. I remember one one weekend you had some friends over, and it was, I guess, an edible night. And you came back with the weirdest haircut. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> in, in that was early in COVID. Yeah, my yeah, friend Don. Early in COVID. He, uh, he got the odd snippers out at a party, and the, yeah, there'd been some stuff consumed, and it didn't turn out well. So we had to shave the head after that. That's yeah. not a responsible thing to do. That sounds very irresponsible. It was. Bring the clippers out and the scissors out. Stupid. It's early in COVID, B. There were strange times. Mm. B, haven't you ever done one of those impromptu haircuts ever? Well, I also wasn't hanging out with other people at the beginning of do COVID. Do you think B's well. done impromptu anything physical? Like, <laughs> <laughs> everything is, is meticulously planned. See how I set you up there. Set you you up. Of course I do this. <laughs> Uh, it's, the pardons on. I would say it used to be. You're right, but uh, today I'm wearing a T-shirt that says, uh, "Can you read this here? This is about one Bo of the legends. Has great hair, Ooh. and he That's, does. It's true. Thought it was fitting since I have great hair that I would, you know, celebrate another person's great hair. Speaking of to Toronto it. sports franchises, what a week for TFC, by the way. Um, th- this could be the mid-season rebuild to end all mid-season rebuilds. Just to remind you, um, Lorenzo Insigne arrives as the shiny new roadster. Then Domenico Crescito shows up as the vintage muscle car. Junior Hullet's rumored to be on the truck on his way to TSC, but then Redding think he's still got some, some tread on his tires and re-sign him to a deal. Richie Larea might be leased to TFC, but there's trouble with the registration or, or something really weird there. He's staying where he is right now. Carlos Salcedo, who seems to get tickets every match after taking the wrong turns, is linked with a move away real soon as well. Then the news wheel heats up with the imminent purchase of a sleek new sports car called Federico Bernadeschi. Deschi? 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 Bernadeschi, yeah. Deschi, that's the one. Yet to be confirmed, of course. 
Then last night, a well-used minivan named Stephen Caldwell suggests a new engine for the midfield called Mark Anthony K could be arriving. I-, I need a new battery after all this, boys. I mean, this has been the craziest week. This team, if all these things happen, or half of them happen, this team will have a completely new face by, what, August? End of July? It- it- it's nuts. It could be great on paper. You throw Mark Anthony Kay in that midfield, Bernadeschi on that right wing, uh, maybe another centre-back. Who knows? And suddenly, this team's a, a contender, isn't it, B? Oh, yeah. Over, overnight, really. Uh, if we got to wait to the end of July, a couple of weeks for Insigne to settle in, I really don't think it, it's going to take them that long, to be honest. I think it's, it's more the external factors that are going to have a bigger impact than actually on the pitch. But if he's going to come out the gate with his best friend in Crescito and and national uh, team teammate who just won the Euros with him and Bernardeschi, oh my God. And look at the way, you know, how well I thought Jesus Jimenez had really played this season with a bunch of different pieces, young and experienced pieces around him. Now he's got experienced internationals around him. I think you're going to see the best of him as well. In a 4-3-3, that's what Bob Bradley wants to play. Well, Pozuelo so, could be on his way out too, right? That's being uh, reported well, that's across the board right now. Done? I don't know if it's done or not. I mean, I, I, I've, there's been so many reports. I thought uh, it was rumors. done. Yeah. Are surprised yeah. that happened mid-season? I mean, he's out of contract. He doesn't fit into Bob Bradley's system, obviously, but uh, he's also a very good player. And even on the weekend, as bad as TFC were, he was pretty good. But I guess you've got you to trade to get something in return. And if it's a Pozuelo to leave to bring in a Bernadeschi, it's pretty straightforward was, business. Was he not? unhappy, Sharms? I was Pozuelo? reading your boy Michael Singh's uh, a little bit of any was he unhappy Pasuela? no I, I don't know if he's unhappy or not I mean I just don't think that from what Mikey says him and Bradley just have very different ideas of how to utilize him simple as that I, I, he's yeah. apparently a good guy he'll fit in wherever he'll try and fit in wherever he'll play on the wing if you want to play there but just unhappy in the sense that he, he didn't fit into what Bob's kind of plans were he's he's a real 4-3-3 guy and I think Pozuelo is dynamic but didn't feel as though that was his best. He always kind of drifted out of position. That left them open and vulnerable. And with these young young kids and a mishmash that they kind of had all season, they got maybe caught out a few times. I think that's what Bob was a little surly about. And, and he was a little vocal sometimes in uh, the post-match availability about mm. Pozuelo kind of putting them in a compromising position. But Craig, you put Bernadeschi in there, a Juventus player, a Euro winner mm-hmm. in recent years on the mm-hmm. right-hand side and Sydney on the left. I mean, how exciting is that? It's great. I just hope that they don't find themselves too much in a hole. Like how? How? How do you mean? Well, because I mean they're they got one of the worst records right now in Major League Soccer. That's a big turnaround to expect that to turn on overnight, and then they got to make up some ground to make the playoffs. Yeah, but I just know. getting into the playoffs is within reach at the moment, even yes. though they've they've dug themselves a hole to start. Let's say, yeah. And you look at when they made the final in 2019, that team really had no business being in the final. And Pozuelo was a huge part of why they got there because he, he was playing almost out of his skin. It was the year before his MVP season. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I mean, the Eastern Conference, there's nobody really, you know, taken that by storm, really. I mean, even what? New York with the best record, Red Bulls, were they 9 5 and 5, you know? So you go halfway down the table, 25 points couple wins by Toronto and you're right back in the mixer but you still got to get those results 
It's a shame that Shane the Junior is not making his way over here. That would have been exciting. Um, good for him staying in England, whether he used TFC leverage a contract from Reading. Um, there was also the small matter of the allocation spot. Cincinnati had the top spot right now. Could TFC work a deal with them? And Jimmy, I mean, you've been involved at that end of of MLS management. It's, it's so complicated. Did you ever figure out what Tam and Gam and allocations meant? <laughs> I mean, my God, it's so freaking confusing. I don't think most coaches know what's going on. No, it was confusing. Very confusing, I'll tell you that. I mean, there, there were so many intricacies that, that went on behind the scenes and so many rules and it, it was crazy, all the allocations and uh, just trying to trade players within the league and then get players in. And then agents would be coming in. And they're, you're trying to explain to them how it works and they couldn't figure it out because it wasn't as, sta- it's, as straightforward as what it was in Europe or even South America. And it became a shit show at times. But eventually you get there and you get it done. But it's, it's an awful lot of explaining to do. You know you've got a bad system or a broken system if it's more complicated than the third-party ownership that exists in South America. Yeah, no. What, were the agents on the players? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chia Jurabashian. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. he the guy who owned Tevez and Mascarano? Kia, that's right. Yeah. He's, Kia you know, Jurabashian, he's, yeah. He's a Canadian. Or he's, got, uh, he's got a Canadian passport to go along with two or three others. Oh, keep that one quiet. Jeez. Yeah, it's, it's, so con- <laughs> I mean, it's, even, more, it's even more confusing than the FIFA World Cup accreditation process, which we won't get into because, my God, that is bloody confusing as hell. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be an exciting summer for TFC, certainly, but at the same time, a lot of moving parts. And I mean, how, how when you bring in three or four new faces, not just new faces, but guys who are going to be walking to starting spots on a team, how hard is that for a coach, Jimmy, Craig, to, to, to gem, gel them together, get them playing the way you want them to play in, like you said, Craig, it's halfway through the season or approaching halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always happen. Doesn't always happen overnight. But when you're talking about the quality that we are of these particular players, you got to think that there's going to be an improvement. Absolutely. And I think that would be overnight, just whether or not they can get to a position where they're going to be challenging some of the better teams in the league, which is possible. It's a structure of MLS, which is kind of the beauty of it, I guess, because uh, otherwise it'd be too far out. Yeah. It is always difficult. And for, for the coaching staff as well, the new players coming in, it's a lot of work behind the scenes, talking through them about tactics and how you want to play. And then obviously when you get onto the pitch as well, the, the players got to figure each other out, what their tendencies are, what their strengths are, their weaknesses, their movements. Um, but, you know, the, some of the world-class players that are coming in, they adapt relatively quick than what others do. But I mean, look, we we said at the beginning here, this is going to be it's going to be a rebuild. They're going to get players in. They're going to make the squad stronger. Oh, if if they don't get into playoffs this year, for me, it's it's not a big deal because you've got so much change and turnover right now. Trying to build in the right direction, um, but next year is going to be the the big one for them, where I think all eyes will be on Toronto FC because they're, they're going to have a dynamic, powerful squad. Yeah, next year they'll be Daniel Henry in the Champions League. Yeah. But did you see Daniel Henry left LAFC released? And they put out a, a tweet saying, part of our history, and a picture of Daniel, part of our history, hmm. released, gone. He joined in February. He started three games. It seemed like they're taking the piss. I felt bad with Daniel. I'm not even trying to be funny here. It's like you get released. Okay, it happens a lot in football. 
don't make a big deal of it. And this beautiful picture of him, you know, in the gorgeous LAFC kit, part of our history. Come on. That does seem like they're taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> the hell is that? So Daniel, once again, is without a club. What is Daniel's deal, Jimmy? I mean, I, I've, you see him play. He's got all the tools you think to be a really good defender. Um, obviously, he's rash, and that could be the issue. But why has it never really happened for him on a consistent basis? I don't know. Look, I, I can only speak from from when he was younger um, and working with Daniel. I love Daniel as a as a person. Uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, and I always liked the way that he played. You know, he, he was a big, big presence, physical, demanding. Um, but then he went to went to Korea. He, he was brilliant out there. He played a lot of games for, uh, in Korea, and then he came back and he was in and out of I think Vancouver. And got a few games in LA. Um, so I I don't know what's what's happening behind the scenes or where his where his mind space is or or what's going on. If there's any issues that he's having, I have no idea. But um, it's a shame to see because I I've always thought he was a, a great talent. I think when you, you look at him. He's unfortunately been uh, a guy that's uh, liable to make mistakes. And we went to West Ham. He never got a look in over there because in training, he made too many mistakes. And he got shipped off out of there and ends up finding himself, like Jimmy said, in Korea where he played. Um, Actually, he did a decent job for the national team when he had to come in. Um, But I think that's where it stands. I think when you're looking at him, he has... You know, exactly what you talk about, you know, everything, all the attributes, but he just accept he's an accident waiting to happen. He said no luck with injuries either that plagued him at West Ham. I think they were quite keen on him and high on him, but he, they never got to see it. Well, they loaned him right away to Cyprus, didn't he? Don't think it was right away. I think it was. No, yeah. right away. He went to, went to West Ham. He trained there and then they sent him out to Cyprus mm-hmm. or was in, went mm-hmm. to Cyprus before. Mm-hmm. Hey, Craig, how important is it for a centre-half to have that, that cool head on his shoulders? We talk about strikers having to be cool in the box, you know, and everything needs to slow down around them when the ball's near them. But for a centre-back, you can't panic, right? You panic, you make mistakes. How yeah. important is it for, for a guy like him to just kind of breathe? Well, very. But the thing is, with that confidence and that lack of panic that you see on Premier League centre-backs, top-level centre-backs, it's because they have the ability and they don't make mistakes. They trust themselves and I think that some guys are a little bit no not great on the ball and they're always maybe feel a little bit uh, under pressure or could be under pressure for making mistakes and that's the difference between Des Walker we're talking about Rio Ferdinand and Daniel Henry if he was good enough he would be there you would yeah. find your way to the top he just hasn't been good enough well look at Harry Harry Maguire as well and it happens to the best of them Mm. The, the crowd and the confidence got to him. You watch yeah. him at Leicester. He was so comfortable on the ball, good dis- distribution. And then all of a sudden now he goes to Man United, makes a couple of mistakes. And then it's panic mode where he's thinking to himself, fuck, I, I don't want the ball in this situation. At Leicester, he would have taken balls in certain situations. And now to Man U, he's like, oh, I don't want it. And becomes a hot potato. And then you make even more mistakes. And that's when the confidence gets to you. So a goal scorer has lack of confidence, a bad run. He scores a goal, boom, he's confident again, right? He's feeling great about himself straight away. Straight away, that's what they should say. What about for a centre-back, for Harry Maguire, for, for Daniel Henry? Someone had a, a t- tough go of it. How, does, how do they get their confidence mm-hmm. back? It can't be one tackle, one clearing header. Clean well, sheets. Clean sheets. Clean sheets and a, a stretch of games yeah. without making a mistake. 
or getting away with it. Sometimes you, it's, a, it's what you get away with as well. Yeah. So you get away with one or two. Okay, fine, great. You know, when you get yourself, you build your confidence over time, but not not different than a striker for sure. Yeah. See, B, like we, B will we always, appreciate this. We always had coaches where, you know, if you give a ball away and you, you slice it, it goes out. And, you know, your next one, you're, you're trying to chase that pass again, right? The fans might be on you a little bit. And it was every time you got in a slump, play, play simple. Next time you get it, just give it to the guy closest to you and just where you go. And then ease yourself back into the game. Whereas a lot of guys, you know, they'll spray a 50-yarder and then all of a sudden they're trying to play another 20-yarder. That gets cut out. <laughs> and then they're trying to play over top and the keeper picks it up. And, and Jimmy's and right. The, the, fan, the fans are a different level too. Like they'd be, Brendan, you're fucking having one. Yeah, oh, they'll let you know right away. <laughs> they remind you, eh? Yeah. I even had yeah. referees tell me I was having one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a, a B for, from a TV perspective, for me, it was always have one great throw to video or throw to sound. And I'm back. Could have a terrible start to a show, but I throw to that first piece of sound. Mm, watch out! I'm yeah. dominating the conversation moving forward. What's your your go-to confidence builder, B? Yeah, nothing like getting through the teleprompter read to let you know I'm in the right position. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's a good point. I think with me, it, you know, it's funny too when you go back and forth from like news, which was very set. And we would use a teleprompter or it was, if it wasn't hard scripted, it was at least loosely scripted. There wasn't much room then to do a panel with you guys. And especially with Craig and Deitch where there was no prep and it functioned well that way. But in the moment, you know, I felt the pressure to get the best question out in 10 or 15 seconds. I would say it just took me getting them to laugh in that situation. The next one, if I kind of flubbed a question or stumbled into a question, usually Craig sent me back a soft one and I, feel like i could get them to laugh and that was then i had my confidence back as long as i felt like i didn't lose the room and that even includes like the camera people i would say i never thought about who was on who was watching we'd come off after the jays and you knew that there were two million people had watched the jays i was never thinking about that at home it, i was only thinking about the two french canadian camera people that were always judging me and the six <laughs> or eight people in the camera room in the control room as well right and it was like honestly if i was if i if the vibe there was good then the show was good i always felt that so yeah see craig and i craig and i always knew watching you know hosting soccer at sportsnet we knew that the bosses were never watching so we could really say anything <laughs> well, <laughs> never get soccer, the they were also up. they were also never watching because it was soccer it was that. Yeah, precisely precisely <laughs> Well, podcast boys, Wongo, when you have a you know, terrible podcast, which is frequent, how do you bounce back? <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, remember, I was a defensive back, right? So I got, when I got, you know, like I'm the last line of defense. I'm a Jimmy and a Craig in this whole scenario. And as soon as the ball's over your head and that guy. So I remember one time I was lining up against Sheridan Baptiste. He was on the um, 1988 Olympic team for bobsleigh. And but he was also a wide receiver for Queens. The guy ran probably a four four. I was a four six, four five, five, maybe. As a, a lineman? Day. No, no. Is that your uh, height? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> hey, we have to do a measure off too. Guys were talking about that. Um, four foot six. Pardon? Yeah. Measuring anything off with you. Forty yard, forty yard dashes. Um, so this guy's already got me beat and you have to give him a cushion. And so I tackle him. It's an interference call. And the next play, you have to forget about it. So if you don't forget, and there's, they're going to pick on you every single time if you don't. So the next play, I 
was a little more aggressive. I didn't give him any room. He didn't like to be physical, so I gave him a under the chin. And uh, it changed the way that I approached the play. So you always have to keep forgetting about that last play. And I, for me, to Jimmy's point, keep it simple, but do things that are in your wheelhouse. And that's how – and so producing, you idiots – God, we make so many mistakes. I forgot how many mistakes we've already made. So I'm just looking forward to the next one. This whole show is a is a wonderful mistake, right? Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. That's yeah, exactly. We're like penicillin. Exactly. Hey, Dan. So when you ask a shit question, you know, just for instance, like with Trent, do you <laughs> do you do you go back and think about it? No, not at all. I do. He's not thinking about it. No, you, I don't. My confidence doesn't get uh, shaken by. I think I, we, all thought, we, we all thought about the bull gag joke. Some of my some of my questions are so stupid that. But there's some of them are so brilliant. So yeah. I know they kind of, uh, you know, they they kind of balance off at some point. Hey, his his that face was killing me. His face killed me when you asked that question. He didn't know what to do. He was like, what? I woke up last night thinking, why the hell did he ask that question? Why, Wonga? Why? It just seemed, because you're in some guy's bathroom. There's bull gags in washrooms, generally speaking. Yeah, I'm like... What is next for this guy? It's basically he's gotten pulled in, you know, yeah. Bruce Willis coming in with a samurai and yeah. driving off with a motorcycle. That's thought, basically where it was leading. I thought when he was leaving, he was going to say, hey, listen, you guys could use some toilet duck in there. <laughs> you know, the great thing about Wonger, the superpower is not his oversized bladder. His superpower is not being phased by the dumb shit that comes out of his mouth. Like I've mm, seen nice. him work a room with the most, some very attractive women and he says something really stupid it's like oh god well this is the end of it and two hours later they're they're talking about how he's the greatest uh the funniest person they've ever met he is and that guy cool, coolest guy uh over the age of 40 he is that and they're high-fiving me and they're high-fiving me yep, yep. <laughs> high fives. you know those guys you know we all know them and wong is one of them he can say the most horrendous things yeah. as a joke to a woman and they think it's the funniest cutest thing ever Mm-hmm. If we said it, we're getting probably arrested. Like Remember Schwartzy? Schwartzy, eh, Craig? Exactly. B, you know, one of my main favorite human beings in the entire world. He'll say the most terrible things. Mm-hmm. You can never even think about saying these things in a public space. Agreed. But because it's coming from Schwartzy's mouth, <laughs> it's hilarious. It was cute. Wonger is cute. Anyone? Did we lose? Did we lose Charms? He looks very. Uh, we have some internet issues today, aren't we? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yes, Charmin, you are having internet issues. Is it me? Your internet, your internet is before the TFC rebuild. You're still on the uh, the old TFC, and now we're we're living in uh, TCC world in Toronto Calcio Club. Fellas, we were talking about TFC, and all of a sudden, I read about half an hour ago. What do you Insigne, do? You're hosting now. What are you doing? Well, I'm just Insigne isn't even going to play on this big premiere night on July 9th, right? Like his right. calf is got he's got a niggle on his calf. Oh. and he's not even playing. So I just sit there and I go, you know, to Craig's point about the standings and Jimmy's about, you know, it's hard to incorporate new players sometimes. If they don't come off and win, you know, five of the first 10 and the other ones being draws, the season's over, they're on to the next. And this sounds great, but you're basically playing for hope and, uh, you know, one or two fun games at the end of the season. That's all. It's It's interesting to me how, you know, this waiting till the end, like middle of the season to throw all your uh, marbles in in the bag to make sure that 
hey, this is what the team we want, but it's not even going to help this season or it could may not help the season. Yeah, but it's all timing as well, yeah. right? When you get contracts done, when players are out of contract mm. and who's available, who's not. And sometimes, you know, they, they could be talking to players eight months ago, but they've got to wait till those contracts are up so that they can sign them. So the timing is now for them to slowly start coming in. It's the but unique how, thing yeah. about this, the way this the MLS season is, right? That it runs through the through the summer, summer from yeah. that March to November, that the rest of the soccer world functioning with the, the you know January and summer transfer window, it lines up in the middle of the season. Like, TFC had Insigne available, you know, after what well, was a suitable vacation, but they couldn't use him or even take pictures of him because the, they didn't have the image rights. It's part of the contract, right? Didn't start till July. They couldn't get him out on the training pitch. But I owe you an apology, Wanger, because uh, you did br- bust in there with some rather breaking news that, uh, yes, he is not going to play. I hadn't actually seen that. So uh, so thank you, Wanger, for dropping well, that. Also, I had to cover for Sharms' crappy internet. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, just to clarify, though, the uh, the Insignia news, is, it's been mentioned on social media. I think it's going to happen, but hasn't been officially announced by the club just yet. But that's my, my major concern with Insignia the last few months. I mean, we all began watching him closely, right, since this deal was, was rumored. He missed a fair bit of football down the stretch, mm-hmm. right? A fair bit of football. And uh, you, you hope that there's nothing too uh, too much wrong with his leg there. <laughs> yes. My God, it's a lot of money to, to spend well, on a guy. Could you imagine if he s- spends 20, he plays 20 games over the next two years? <laughs> Maybe he'd be the new Beckham, you know? We're waiting for Beckham to see Beckham at BMO Field every single time. He never actually comes out and plays at BMO Field for whatever no. reason. It'd be a bloody big deal. Bench <laughs> once. Uh, hey, I have a question, Jimmy. I think you can answer this. How does it work when you do these pre-contracts with players? Obviously, I'm assuming they would have done some type of physical, or because he was in the middle of the season, were they not able to do that? Therefore, they do a physical when they officially put pen to paper on July one here. Or how does it work with a player like that? They agree to six months. Yeah, before? sometimes I don't. Maybe, you know, they might be able to do it beforehand, or they could say deals uh, done pending pending a medical. But for the most part, if the guy's playing week in and week out. They'll take all those medical records and they'll probably do one over there. They'll probably fly in and have, have their own people doing medical with him, knowing that he's coming at the end of the season. But July 23rd, potentially now his debut. I well, wonder, we, too. We might have to go to that. I think we will have to go to that. But do you think perhaps that lines up with the arrival of potentially Bernardeschi? And maybe Ooh. that's... Maybe that's all kind of part of it. Yeah, he's no, 80%. No, no, no. He's 80 He's 80%. But, no. you know, let him rest. Let him rest. Oh, if Insignia can play, they're playing him. If Insignia can play, they're playing him. But how much fun would that be, though? Both making a debut in the same time, that'd be amazing. For I the money that they're, they're paying him, as soon as he's available, he's going to have his ass out there. Yep. Just, yeah. 100%. I'm just, I'm just saying it would work out really nice if they hit the ground running together. That's all I'm saying. Koshido debut in the same weekend. Daniil Henry at the back. Watch out. It's going to be quite the weekend for TFC fans. What do you think Reams. about the Mark Anthony K rumors? I would love that. I hey, too. Jimmy, do you remember him when he was at the academy? Yeah. Because Deitch was the reason why he left, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I always liked him. Good guy. Good player. Be interested to see if they, if they can get him. Played his best football in Bob Bradley's system that year. They went. He to was dynamite. He was LAFC. amazing. I thought he was very, very like surprised at how loud I mean. Where I was, I thought this guy's running the show right now. In some of the games. Yeah, real engine, wasn't he in the midfield? Yeah, there. really, thought, really good. I thought he was a little bit disappointing in World Cup qualifying. 
He had his moments. Yeah. Got the red card, of course, which kind of sent him back. I think. Yeah, but, but I was wondering. To him. I like the age. Yeah, yeah, I like it. But I, I, I really enjoyed watching him when he was at LAFC. But I, I never understood why they shipped him off to Colorado. Yeah, and that was the move that did it. I think. Yeah. You know, he, yeah, he didn't look as strong for the national team because heading into that final round, I thought he would be one of the most impactful players. But in that midfield, Osorio, Estacio, Atiba, he's he slid down the pecking order in comparison to. You know, pre-pandemic or the start of the pandemic. Estacio, I'd love to see him at TFC. Oh, what a, not, what, a, not what, a, what a player he is, by the way. I really like that guy. Not so yet. did Porto. That's so did Porto. Yeah. We're a bigger club than Porto. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree. I'm a Benfiquista. Benfiquista. <laughs> but hey. as a fan of Canadian players and Portuguese football in general, I think it's great for him. I know it was a dream come true. I don't, I don't know if he grew up a uh, Porto fan, but... You know, they're a super club. And if you're Portuguese, you understand the value of that. And he's a Canadian kid from Leamington that's, you know, playing yeah. one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, it's pretty awesome. Rumors today about Jesse Lingard uh, shopping his services in MLS, which is interesting. Um, that, to me, screams leverage for some Premier League club. But listen, I think he'd do very well in MLS if that was the case. Reem Sterling is very close to joining Chelsea. They've agreed personal terms, according to the media over there. Ronaldo to Chelsea, that continues, of course. Uh, but we're almost out of time here. Wonger, you asked me to, to save some time for your mail sack. And so I'll always a, I always save time for your sack. Oh, I love you. I love you, Sharms. You, you <laughs> set, set me up on a pedestal. I appreciate it. As I'm getting fired with my 1% ownership. Um, all of the above. Uh, so Bergman in the garage, our boy Bergman. Here's his, here's his question slash dilemma, and it's a problem solved for all of us. I have a dilemma, lads. School is over, so I no longer have a commute to engage with the podcast. Tried listening to one as I was driving my kids to soccer, and my son thinks Jimmy's laugh is great, but I had some awkward questions to answer after. What should I do? <laughs> so, I don't know. Does, okay, first comes first. Who has a solution to our boy Bergman? There is a warning, in fairness, before the podcast starts. Yeah, but that doesn't yeah. change the fact that he it, it, it's bringing up some some questions that he might not want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, so that, that is, how old? How old are we talking about? Oh, uh, I, I think his I think his daughters because I remember he showed a picture of his daughters at training, um, and I think they're like four, 14, 15, and I think his son's about twelve ish. That's what I'm remembering. Mm. Oh, let the children listen. <laughs> See, my, Jimmy? My, my bet is they know more than him. Let's test dad. See if he knows. Yeah, I they're spe- just fucking with him. I speculate. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the questions was, Dad, why does that weird one ask questions about ball gags? The rest of them are clearly uncomfortable by this. <laughs> and what is a ball gag, Dad? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that thing that's in the drawer, kids? <laughs> 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 you know that thing I like that's in my, my bedside table? <laughs> you can't throw Bergie under the bus in the mail. I just, no, you cannot. No. Bergie, yeah, sorry, brother. You're giving him advice. He's too good for this abuse. Oh, well, we just lost him. Jimmy's leaving. Jimmy's leaving us. He's just said farewell. See you, Jimmy. Bye, Jimmy. We're almost done got, here as well. Uh, yeah, I got to go pick up the kids. It's okay, buddy. What the hell just, just don't put the Don't put the podcast on in the car on the way home, okay? Yeah, well, I was listen. just thinking that. Let my kids listen. <laughs> I think the best. Up. I think headphones is the best solution. Um, you know when in, you know when the wife goes to bed and you start to enjoy your evening, that could be the time to to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I was Everyone's worried that 
you were going to put the bow on this just because Jimmy had to go so early. I know. I think that's our schedule for you. Oh my God. Because you're going to see the machine tonight. I'm going to see the Black Crows tonight. Oh, right. Great. Don't shake your head in disgust there, but you have no idea who they are. No, we B, all we can change our life around for you. That's that's what I'm shaking my head at. By we the way, can guys, stick around, B. on Sunday, can we do a uh, earlier record on Sunday? Because I got a dinner. I was thinking, no, no, I have dinner on Sunday as well. It's called dinner. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where's the uh, concert? Budweiser stage? Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, what a venue. The Crows are Yeah, they uh, they broke up for a long time. I'm reliving my 1990s, B. Hmm. It was a great decade. It was a good decade for music, for sure. Oasis, Alanis Morissette. Mm. I think I've made references on our social, on our Twitter to the, both of them within the last uh, four No doubt. Hours. I always liked the little ska in that. And uh, A Tribe Called Quest was trucking along Cypress Hill. Let's not forget about Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Fuji's. Fuji's. Bo- Boys to Men. Ooh, yeah. Big R&B kid. I that heard that little comment, too. by the way. I think one of the podcasts I missed recently. You were talking about seeing Boys to Men in, in Windsor, was it? I think you were saying. No, Vegas, Vegas. Ve- was it Vegas? Yeah. But as an adult, I growing up in Windsor, I only listened to R&B. Like, I wonder what my parents' friends must have thought. Like, your seven-year-old is weird. Does he know what they're singing about? He's eight and he's having sex? What the hell is happening? I loved R&B. I just wish Boys that I was on that best. podcast when you had mentioned that you've seen Boys to Men. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, you're on it now. What would you, what would you like to say about it now? That uh, Boys to Men just wasn't never my my flavor. So I'm very talented guys. Can't go wrong with that. Very talented guys. I'll say that. Mm. They were thrown yeah. together though, weren't they? Were they, um, were they a crazy yeah, band? Yeah, a little, no, they were They were not. They were a, a band or a uh, singing group out of high school. Yeah. And the guys from Belle Biv DeVoe, uh, fa- Ricky Bell found them. So there you go. Jesus, Wonger. Yeah. Wonger's so a you know. legend. I'm not poison. Just, not just you're, on, you, you're, you're our Kim Clark Chanless of Chap, Chapness. Chapness is it? Pa- Chapness. Chap, yes. Anything about the eighties? He'll, he'll he's got your eighties and nineties. You know well, when you ask that? random things about the Europa League, and I just have these answers. That's Wonga with music. We had a great night one night at in Wonga's garage with Deech, and uh, we did the podcast, and then the drinks were flowing, and then we had a little uh, music contest, and Deech would play a sample from a song. Remember that, Craig and. Wonga was ridiculous. He was crushing everything from the 80s and 90s. Everything. Everything. Song, band, year. What album it was. Oh, yeah. Who wrote the song? I was still on the, the buzzer. I, was, I had my finger on the buzzer. I was like, damn it. See, that's the thing. If I was on Jeopardy, I'd, a lot of that stuff, I'd be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Fucking Yo, cat-like reflex is not what they once were. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the reflex. It's just the brain. <laughs> is the brain hand connection yeah oh thing. yeah physically a quick on the button i can get to the button i'll beat everybody i just can't think of what the fucking answer is his <laughs> brain buffers like right you know <laughs> you gotta get to the button quicker craig <laughs> you know what i do when i watch it i, I pause it oh do you is that the issue yeah you hit the button too soon and pause, I pause it. it and then i and then i think of the answer then i get the answer and then i press play <laughs> Just so you feel good about yourself, right? Yeah. Cheyenne, my daughter, she hates it. She fucking hates it. I'm like, well, come on. Uh, that's great. That's great. All right. Anything else, boys, before we uh, say adieu? B, you, you want to jump in? 
Yeah, Ronaldo, Chelsea, you just breeze, uh, breeze through it there. Well, it's but... still just, it's, there's so many rumors out there. It's just, it's kind of getting boring, right? It's, it's like Beckham to Real Madrid. Well, we got, fr- we like... got Friday's show too. We're going to, uh, we'll talk about CONCACAF women's because uh, Canadian women crushed last night and Sinky and Julia Grosso. God, that was impressive. Someone we just had on interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got, she got two, right? She got two. Grosso. Her first. Yeah. First two. For, the first two. Not, and, not penalties for yeah, but, Canada. What a what a wonderful finish by Christine Sinclair for the 190th, which is sensational. And uh, women's Euro, uh, Euro starts today. I think England, as we're speaking, England and uh, Austria are playing mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So. 77,000 fans at Old Trafford. That's awesome. Impressive. I think, I think they've made the jump, impressive. women's soccer. Isn't it Good something? Eh? From 2005, yeah. when they, 05, when they held it last time, they couldn't even get uh, a thousand people out to some of the games crazy crazy no, no clubs involved no winning you know now jimmy's gone we 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 should talk about york united <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to bring him in on the conversation because it sure might be a bit touchy but they're having a fucking nightmare they are absolutely having a nightmare they fired him last year semifinals lose to the arguably the best team in the league I don't know what's going on with that club. I just don't get it. I don't be hard to it. go to. It, the problem is too when you have a club like that that's so up and down. It's hard to get spectators to be consistent. And yes. so, how yeah. to build a brand? Charms, you're up there with Charmin's proper. Are you seeing difference in the uh, the attendance? No, it's much the same. It's consistent from last year. Um, I think CPL and Jim are having difficulty building their fan bases. There's, there's a hardcore group there. You get over a thousand fans most games, um, and the supporters are there in their section. But it's 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 going to take a while, right? I mean, it's, it's like any sport. I think any league, mm-hmm. any club, they want success. They want to see quality. And in in Toronto, in big markets, you have a lot of competition as well. So they know this. There's nothing that they don't know. But um, yeah, from a you know, it's, it's good that we can criticize though from a footballing standpoint. I think the CPL have to accept that as well, and they do that. You know, it's all very nice. Oh, this great startup league, good for them. It's great for the the grassroots, the game in this country. But you have to start tackling the hard issues at some point mm. with women's soccer as well. You yep. know, they, they they can't be upset when they get hammered for performances and performance overall. And uh, I'm not saying they have been, but uh, you know, there's been some thin skins in the past over the years. So if it's a York, if it's a Halifax, Edmonton, big issues there, right? You know, last year or Edmonton's so, been poor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have to be prepared to face the music because then they are considered a proper league mm-hmm. when they're being treated properly and equally. Quick point before you you uh, head off to see the Blue Seagulls or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> is that who it is? Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it Blue Seagulls? Blue Seagulls. I write the time. I think the uh, York United's problem, and you know, you could say this about Edmonton as well, is when you fall behind the eight ball. Then you start to chase, much like in a match. And I, th- you know, you look at some of the scouting reports or the links, some of the some of the international players that they've been chasing, and try and piece together. And even some of those were CPL players, hoping that that gets you across the line. When really the whole point is developing Canadian players and working through the process. But now you're f- four years in, and you're feeling as though it's slipping away. You got to that semifinal, you ran up against the, to the best team, you make a big change, and now you're four spots worse off chasing 
So it's very it's very tricky in a in a league like that where you know development is as important as winning, but yeah. winning is what fills the seats. Yeah, exactly. And the coaching staff and the turnover is so high that you have to sort of roll with that and roll with your coaches as well. So I don't know what happened with Jimmy uh, at York, but uh, I mean, clearly it wasn't the coaching situation. I mean, they've only scored seven goals in 13 games, won a couple games. They're absolutely terrible. The only reason why Edmonton is below them, who just beat them, and they have, I think, four of York's players because they have no owner at the moment and they only have about 350 grand to spend. So, you know, that's the only reason why they're not holding up the table right now. I would like to uh, get out there again, though. I've been saying for a long time we should do a footy prime date up there. Take the subway right up to Pioneer Village or whatever it's called. Is that what it is now? They got a new station at uh, at York University on campus there. Mm. 40 years coming. Well, we were we're invited to um, this inclusivity conference, and I want to make sure that we talk about it. It's on August 10th, um, and it's called Unmatched, and it's being held by Tennis Canada. So we'll have more news about that as we uh, go through the next through the summer weeks. But uh, you know, it is tricky. It's and I always say it's tricky to rock a rhyme. To rock a rhyme, it's tricky. Hmm. <laughs> is, so j- just so i'm clear is this like a training course that you've been required to do because w- very strange transition from my transport to york to uh, oh by the way because it's at york it's up at uh, the paramount uh, uh, it's at tennis tennis center gotcha. um up in para at the paramount center i guess now, it's called now yeah. i see how you connected the dots yeah okay. i always have to i forget that i have to explain my uh my, the genesis of these uh weird tangents <laughs> No, I like it. Uh, do you want to put a bow on the show, buddy? Since uh, you are now presenter, because we have- no, no, you're uh, you have to close. The, you know, you know what to say at the end. We have producer Jeff Cole here, who has labeled himself Fat Ronaldo, which I thought was a bit insensitive. Who, who? Well, I mean, is it though? Like, if no, if if anyone owns it, it's him. I like, it's, him. it's like, hey, I just made you know a million euro for taking my shirt off, and I'm Fat Ronaldo. I don't think he gets paid now for being shirtless. He's certainly. Not oh no, he does. Paid. He does. It's, it's a whole. Uh, it's it's a whole uh, thing. I think yeah. he gets an appearance fee, but his physical appearance is not earning him money. <laughs> I feel as though that's the position <laughs> well, he's in now. It all works together. Well, nice of Charms to take a break from his day job to join us, so we can uh, adjust our recording hours to get this midweek episode out. But this was a fun one. You got him. Love it. Any more points? Hope it rains on his concert. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It might. The seagulls fly away. Whatever (laughs) it is. Thanks to uh, everybody for listening. And as Charms always says, keep buying newspapers. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 